This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. What's up, friends? Welcome into Press Pass, a college football pod, episode 47, coming your way with my co-host, Joshua Perry. He's coming in today to pinch hit. We appreciate it, man. Um, What a weekend for college football. I feel like a lot of these games, we were kind of on the edge of our seats. Yeah, and I feel like we we ended up learning so much and forming so many opinions about these teams. But yeah, there were plenty of good games. Like I was super excited to watch this weekend. Well, let's start with the AP Top 25 that came out this past Sunday. I'm going to go through it really quickly, and then I want to hear your thoughts because I know you have some opinions on this. So we have a new number one, Alabama coming in at the top with 29 first place votes. Uh, Clemson falling to the two spot, but still picking up 18 first place votes, followed by uh, Georgia, Ohio State at four, LSU at five, Oklahoma Auburn staying in that seven spot, uh, although they had a pretty convincing win. And then Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Florida rounding out the top 10. Shoot, Joshua, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and and so you watch the weekend, and I think the one that stands out is Clemson's performance, and we're going to dive into that. But after a lot of people watched that Ohio State game, and game day was in Lincoln for them against Nebraska, and the way that they came out, and, you know, they forced – Uh, three interceptions in the first half of the game and scored over 30 points in the first half as well. It just looked like a dominating performance. And so you get guys like Joel Klatt uh, who are tweeting that Ohio State should be the number one team. You saw he did his top 10 on Twitter. It was Ohio State, Alabama, LSU at three, and uh, Oklahoma at four. Um, Then you look at Kirk Herbstreit, it was a similar deal. He said uh, Ohio State was in the number one spot. Alabama at two, Clemson at three, and LSU at four. And so it kind of begs the conversation, what do these teams look like? And to me, I feel like uh, Ohio State's not getting the credit it deserves. And honestly, Auburn should be a little bit further up there, too. Thank you. Thank and you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real deal. And for Auburn, some people are going to ask, well, you know, who are their big wins? And I think you can kind of scratch Texas A&M out of there. I, I sure. don't think they're a top 25 team. But that win against Oregon, you can't deny. Uh, when you look at some of the statistics – you know, they're, they're, they do just a really good job of moving the ball, but they do a good job on defense. And I think that's the one that yes. stands out. Um, when you look at Ohio State, it's the same thing as well. Number four in scoring defense. And that's the statistic I usually look at because it doesn't, to me, is a defensive guy. It doesn't matter how they move the ball on you. If they can't score points, that's what's important. And 
Um, just wanted to note that the top four teams in scoring defense in America are all out of the Big Ten. But when you break it down at this point in the season, there have been some bigger games than others, but most of the competition's been pretty similar. You've even had uh, some some schools play FCS teams, some that haven't. But Ohio State, number four in scoring defense. Georgia, number six, so they should get some credit there. Clemson's number nine, so really some of the issues that they're having, it's because they're not moving the ball as efficiently, um, turning it over a little bit more this year. When you look at teams like Bama, they're 13. Notre Dame is 27. When you look at LSU, though, and I, I feel like that's one of the teams I want to nitpick on this in the top 10, um, yep. people are giving them a ton of credit. Number 49 in America in scoring defense, and I think yep. I said it a week ago. They struggle a little bit on defense, so it'd be interesting to see, but um, these next few weeks are going to be pivotal as some of these big matchups come along, but there are some teams that should be getting a little bit more credit than they're getting right now. And I think a lot of that has to do, Joshua, with until you have a reason to kind of move any of these teams, any of these teams down, they're going to stay kind of steady where they are because that's where they were in the preseason rankings, right? So no a, a lot of these voters don't want to move anybody down if they haven't lost a game yet. I mean, we're still seeing Florida at five sure. and oh, no offense, but I just don't think they're a top 10 team. Um, on their backup quarterback right now with no offense against Kyle Trask. I love the guy. He's got a great story, but I just don't think this is a team that is a top 10 team, but yet they still are hanging in there in the top 10 because they haven't lost a game, right? No, that's the deal. And I've I've said it before. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the preseason rankings because this is exactly what happens. And I think the best scenario would be to wait four or five weeks to form your opinions about teams instead of looking at where they're ranked in the preseason. But to me, I feel like there are a handful of pretenders up there. Um, when you look at Florida, like you said, I'm not exactly sure. They play well on defense, but their offense to me isn't going to get the job done. When you look at the way Clemson's looked in some of their performances, it's questionable. Like I said, LSU, what is their defense truly like? We're not ever going to know about Oklahoma's defense until they you know, get to the end of the season <laughs> right? and potentially get in the playoffs. But their offense is so explosive. Does it really yeah. matter? Like, that's the question yeah. you have to ask. So uh, these matchups, I'm telling you, like when you get into the meat of the season, this is what I love because these are when the real opinions come. This is what you really find out about teams. All right. Let's start with the game that kind of changed everything at the top of the AP poll this week. Clemson sneaking by North Carolina. Give credit to Mac Brown having his guys prepared, but he goes for the win with the two-point conversion at the end, does not get it. But here's the big thing. Clemson was a 27-point road favorite coming into this game. The Tigers, though, had all kinds of trouble getting going on Saturday from Travis Etienne's first half fumble to set up a UNC touchdown to multiple false start penalties that continued undercutting the Tigers' attempts to build momentum in this one. And in the end, the Tigers just did enough to stay and beat and avoid that shocking upset, Joshua. Oh, it would have been extremely shocking. And when you watch that game, I think the, the thing that pops off the tape to me is that Clemson's talent didn't look overwhelming. And no. I, it's not because they're not talented, but it might have been because the guys weren't motivated in that game. might have been because the game plan wasn't the greatest. I don't know what it was, but it just, it like, I don't know. And I've said it when I'm looking at some of the teams, Alabama, for example, Ohio State, for example, when, when you turn on the tape early on in the season, you, you can see a difference. They look different. Like they look like the best teams. They look like the most talented. They look like they're well-coached and disciplined. And then, you know, you've turned on, uh, for example, Clemson this year, and sometimes they, they don't look as good as they should. 
begs a lot of questions. And to be honest, they should have lost that game if it because that that two point <laughs> conversion call. I don't. That was one of the worst calls that I had seen. Uh, the the play fake didn't do anything, and then you're running option, and you're just you're not getting any type of push. You're not getting downhill. Like it, it just didn't make sense for for them to want to run a play that was going to move laterally with the speed on that Clemson defense. Again, I'm not a, an offensive coordinator, so it is what it is. But there was a legit chance that that Clemson should have lost that just if there was a better play call on a two yeah. point conversion. This could be a completely different conversation. Yeah, because I don't think it was wrong for Mac Brown to obviously go for the win. But no. I think, like you were saying, I think everybody was like, what is the play call? And it, it kind of like it kind of like punches you in the face and like makes you so disappointed because, like you said, I think UNC should have won that game. And it comes down to one thing. Again, that's college football. But I will tell you, though, I was really shocked that Clemson – you know, was in a game like this. And I just, I haven't been as impressed with Trevor Lawrence either, their quarterback. Yeah, and he had so much hype coming in. I think that's part of the deal. You know, they uh, talk in the NFL a lot of times about rookie quarterbacks having great years, and then the sophomore slump comes around. I think that's exactly yeah. what he's experiencing. But the reality of the situation, too, is that a lot of these opposing coordinators and opposing coaches understand that the reason why their offense can be so successful is that Trevor Lawrence does a great job of playing quarterback. So you give these guys basically a whole year to break down a year's work at the worth of tape and see the things that he struggled with last year. Uh, maybe try to put in some coverages that would confuse him, find out, you know, what are his tendencies? What are his weaknesses? You know, when things start going wild, what is his go-to move? Then you start to figure a quarterback out and you make it really hard. And, and yeah. a lot of times you're going to say, Hey, listen, we're not going to let this guy beat us. We're going to make him, get the ball to other weapons. If they can beat us doing that, then it is what it is. But we're going to try to make this guy play a little bit left-handed. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do the rest of the way since uh, their conference is not that impressive. Uh, Josh, I'm sure you need new suits all the time for your job, right? At the Big Ten Network. You always got to look spiffy, but you don't want to spend all that money. So uh, we have a fix for that. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure men's wear brand that makes suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part of it is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. You choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. So you can get measured and design your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom or do it yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right, Joshua, Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. Oklahoma, Big 12 Conference, the conference that doesn't play defense, but heck, we got to give Oklahoma some credit because the Sooners put up some big numbers on Saturday, becoming just the sixth team in FBS history to reach 900 wins. It's a big deal. Um, You you talk about some of these historic programs and – yeah, you know, the air is rare up there. And I think just especially <laughs> lately, 
they've set a very unique standard of how they want to play ball. And obviously yeah. their defense, it is what it is. But offensively, they are going to be powerful. And they're going to have a great quarterback. They're going to develop a really good player to stand back there and command that offense. And I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, I'm telling you, I'm so like happy for his story because nobody wants to be demoted to a backup, right? And clearly that's what happened at Alabama when Tua Tungvaloa came in. But now he has gone to Oklahoma with the quarterback whisperer in Lincoln Riley. And I, I really do believe he's a quarterback whisperer. It was the second time this season that Hertz has recorded 450 or more offensive yards, making him the fourth Oklahoma player to do it in multiple games in the same season. I mean, this guy is, is on a roll, and I think he's gotten way better since he's been at Bama. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that you talk about is – uh, the amount of improvement, and we're not going to sit here and act like he wasn't a very good player when he was at Alabama. No. He obviously was, but the confidence that he has and some of the plays he makes, like they, you know, they kept showing this replay of this ball that he threw, and there were two defenders converging in on the receiver, and he dropped it right into the breadbasket, like pinpoint accuracy, um, before either of the defenders could get him. Blew my mind. And it's just, I, I don't know, I just think it's really special to see, again, like you said, his story and the way that he's been able to overcome some challenges. And it seems like he's always kept a, a very good attitude about it. He seems like a, a low enough profile kind of guy that you can like him and you respect him. But, um, you know, you can tell that he's a really good leader and respected among his teammates. And that goes a long way in college football. Do you think the Big 12 has a shot at getting a team in the playoffs this year if they really don't measure up, though, when it comes to playing defense. I mean, why is nobody in the Big 12? Why is no coach like Alabama did with Nick Saban bringing in a more, I guess, explosive offense like when he hired Lane Kiffin, right? Because before right. that, Alabama was just a defensive team. And then Nick Saban's like, we got to keep up with the times. We've got to get a more explosive offense in there. So when they brought in the explosive offense, now it's kind of changing things in the SEC. At what point? Does the Big 12 start to say, we need to get some defense going in some of these games? I mean, what team steps up and says, we need to hire somebody who can come in and, and really put in a defense that, that will cause some problems? Let, let Oklahoma sit at that five or six spot two, three seasons in a row and see if they don't really want to change yeah. the narrative around the league. Because they brought in Alex Grinch during the offseason. They off did, for Washington State. Yep, and, and he was uh, coordinating at Ohio State last year as well. So uh, both yep. of our fan bases are, are very <laughs> familiar with his work. And he's done a good job. He's boosted them up to number 25 in America in scoring defense. I don't know what they're giving okay. up yardage-wise. But um, they're keeping points off the board, which is important, um, especially in a, uh, an explosive league. Like, that's the most important. It doesn't matter about the yards there. It's about the points. But I think if they get left out, two, three years in a row, they're going to have at their conference meetings, they're going to say, listen, I don't give a damn what you do, but it better be surrounding getting some good defensive coordinators down here because they're going to want to make some plays. And to me, as long as Texas is playing well and as long as Oklahoma is playing well, they're always going to have shots to get into the playoff. And that's just the sure. reality of the situation. Oklahoma, I think, has a very clear path because you, you look at some of the teams that they have to play, I think their biggest challenge really comes when they play Texas. But outside of that, I don't I don't think their conference is very good. They're out of conference. They played Houston, which Houston's not as good as we thought they were going to be. They had UCLA, and we know UCLA really isn't a very good team. So as long as they can hold up against Texas, and even if they lose in a close one to Texas, you still might uh, sure. give them the nod because Texas lost one to LSU, and people think LSU is one of the top teams in America. So who knows? 
Yep, absolutely great point. Uh, well, when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Uh, ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. So no matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, on your own website, ShipStation brings you all the orders into one simple interface. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You ship more in less time with the best available rates. And right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So just visit ShipStation.com. Click on your microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Then offer code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. All right. Well, uh, you heard Herm Edwards. You play to win the game, Joshua Perry. And guess what? That is what his Arizona State Sun Devils did this past week when they took down the only, at that time, undefeated team in the Pac-12. So now there are no teams that are undefeated in the Conference of Cannibalism, the Pac-12. The Conference of Cannibalism. <laughs> I, I love the way you threw that one in there. I mean, it was it was interesting, though. I think it's one of those things where Cal, we had talked about it last week. They went up to 15 after beating Old Miss. I think they just set them up for disaster. And we all knew that Cal wasn't that good. I mean, I'm not surprised that this happened. No, I'm not surprised. I, I don't I don't know why anybody would have been surprised. And we talked about it a week ago. That game against Ole Miss was literally proof enough that Cal wasn't what everybody thought it was. And then, hey, let's just jump them up in the polls again. Okay. I think Arizona State is a way better team than people are giving them credit for. They've got a young quarterback who's standing back there making plays. Uh, They went on the road to East Lansing and got a win against the Michigan State team that I think is a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a pretty good team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Pac-12, though, because when you look at what's going on, like you said, the Conference of Cannibalism, I didn't think they had Mm – a, a team at the beginning of the year. And I know uh, some folks said, well, you know, Utah's got a chance to be really good. And Lee Corso, God bless him, picked Utah to be in his top four at the beginning of the season. I but saw that. that. There was just not a chance to me that, that a team from that conference was going to get in. Just, I don't, I don't think that they have the juice right now. Yeah, it's hard. It's year after year. I think it's, it's so different from when I was going to school at Washington state where USC reigned King. And then, you know, you had some really good teams like, I mean, even UCLA at the time, Stanford at the time, Oregon has always kind of been in there. I think they're always a little overrated, but they're always kind of in the mix. But now it's like you just look at these teams and I think Utah and Washington had really good performances this last weekend. Um, Washington obviously took down USC, which I think USC was living on a prayer this whole time. Well, they had some momentum going though. I can appreciate They did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Utah, I mean, I don't really want to talk about this, but they totally made Washington State look like foolish. I mean, they completely shut down their offense. And Mike 
Mike Leach called his players and his team fat and lazy. And um, (laughs) did you see that? Yeah, I did. I mean, if he feels like it's true, then hey. Well, I know because they're getting all this love between Gardner Minshew and Mike Leach and, you know, all this stuff. Washington State is like, I've never, there has never been as many people in the world that know Washington State until now. Joshua maybe, Barry. maybe Washington State should pitch to recruits that they are the best university at branding their athletes outside of right? the sport. Because you look at their coach and then you look at Minshew right now, like everybody's yeah. wearing cut off jorts and trying to grow a mustache <laughs> and wearing a damn headband. Like, good for them, honestly. Like, I think it's cool. If I could, if I could grow a thick enough mustache, I might do it. I can't. So, hey. Right? But he's, I mean, he's the coolest guy around right now. No, whatever you got to do to to get recruits to Pullman, Washington, Joshua, let me tell you, that is not an easy thing when you're competing with schools like USC and Oregon, who has all the swag. So they're making it happen up there, and I have nothing wrong with it. But as for the Pac-12 having a team in the college football playoff, that ain't going to happen. So let me jump. let me jump on this real quick. There's a conversation that's going around. I think it's legit because we talked about the Big 12 and there's a possibility that they could get left out. We talk about Mm -hmm. the SEC and people say there's a possibility two teams can get in from that conference. I feel like in the Big 10 this year, um, a one-loss conference champ should have a shot. But if you're a one-loss non-conference champ, I don't think you're getting in. And then the Pac-12 is essentially eliminated unless something crazy happens. So I feel like if you're – if you are power five conferences and that the ACC, if Clemson loses, they're done. It's, it's tough. Oh yeah. But if you're the power five conferences, you should be lobbying when you have your ADs get together at their convention for an expansion to either six or eight teams with an automatic bid. Yes. Because the, the argument there is that the best team from each one of those conferences should have a chance to at least win a game when they get into the playoffs. All they need is a chance. And like I said, a couple of years in a row, there's going to be a conference that gets left out. We saw it with the Big Ten. I mean, you know, thank God Ohio State looks really good right now. Wisconsin yeah. has a chance to make some noise. It is what it is. You're strong on both sides of the league. But without those teams looking the way that they do right now, there's a conversation about somebody being left out from the Big Ten yet again. And that's bad right. for the conference. Right. No. And I, I was talking about this with uh, a friend the other day and I was like, I well, I was like putting money on Ohio State and Wisconsin. Like I have confidence in one of those teams absolutely getting in to um, the college football playoff. But sometimes, like you said, they're talking about these SEC schools and two SEC schools possibly getting in. It's like I love how it's an automatic for them, but oh, it's sure. not an automatic for anybody else, right? Isn't that wild? And I mean, yeah. even you look, it gets crowded, I'm telling you, because then you look at Notre Dame, and I thought that their win this weekend was very convincing. I do too. The defense I mean, looked great. They did. What What do you do in that situation? Like if Notre Dame wins out and their one loss is to a Georgia team that we have a lot of respect for. And sure. there's, there's only four teams getting in this bad boy. Like somebody, and I think this year it might be one of those situations where five, six, and maybe even seven or seven and eight are on the outside saying we are just as good as three and four who got into this thing. And there's going to be a lot of fan bases that are going to be pissed off. Yeah, I think I think it's going to have to happen, right? At some point they really need to sit down. I think they're like trying to avoid it cuz everything is fine right now, but it just takes, you know, another season of, well, why didn't they get in? Why is, you know, they're good enough and then things are going to start to blow up. So it's it's my they might as well just start planning on doing it now. I definitely agree with that. 
Well, let's talk about your alma mater really quick because I think everybody, this is so funny. I mean, first of all, I guess because I covered Ohio State, so I, I know kind of the brand of, of excellence and what they strive for up there. And I know because I pay attention to Ohio State every single season, if they're good, if they're great, whatever. But nobody was really giving Ohio State any credit until this last game, uh, 48 to 7 win over Nebraska. And they completely like demolished them. I think they outgained the Cornhuskers by like 350 yards. <laughs> like it was just a stomping. Yeah, and if you watch the the game, I'm sure a lot of people did because it was a primetime deal. But like yeah. it was, it was a thorough dismantling of a team. And I think to me, probably the the biggest surprise, the biggest boost to the Buckeyes this year is how well the defense has played. Oh yeah, and you know, last year, if you're an Ohio State fan, you watched the defense, and you probably, probably your skin was crawling, and you were itching everywhere because of how bad they were. I mean, <laughs> you look this year, Nebraska is going to end up being one of the most explosive offenses in the Big Ten Conference, and it was just they they couldn't do anything seemingly no. the entire game. They turned and they they're a turnover team. Nebraska is they turned the ball over a lot, but it was just like the way that it was happening early on in that game. They looked like they were super uncomfortable. The pass rush is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we talk about these top teams again. Like, it's really hard to not have Ohio State in that conversation. But I think after three weeks of watching the Buckeyes play, you could have started to formulate these opinions because of their performance against Cincinnati, who I think is only a one-loss team right now. They're lost to Ohio State. But there's a, a goose egg. In that game, and then you saw how they played against Big Ten competition in Indiana. It was like 56-10. to 10. And Then they turn around, Miami of Ohio comes in, and they, they play around with them a little bit in the beginning of the game, and then they put up a 70-something banger on them, and uh, yep. Miami of Ohio doesn't get in the end zone. And then you go to Lincoln on the road in a night game, put up 40-some-odd yeah. points on those cats, and then you're all of a sudden sitting here like, okay, these guys are winning how they're supposed to win. And it's like, yeah, sure. but they've been doing it the whole season. Right. If you actually watched a game, you could see that both sides of the ball, you've, you're comfortable with what's going on. And Very. it's still not to the point of the season where they're continuing to grow. So that's the other encouraging part about this. I mean, throwing this out here, uh, looking at their schedule, what, what do you think is going to be the toughest test uh, for Ohio State? Well, they've got Michigan State coming into town. I think that's going to be a night game. Michigan State their only chance is if they can find ways to move the ball because oh, their their offense and they've been progressing, but their offense sure. definitely struggles. And I think their their offensive front is lacking in terms of what they can do against Ohio State. So that'll be a test. But the the ones you really circle are Wisconsin because having a running back like Jonathan Taylor running behind their O line is a game changer. Doesn't matter who the competition is. Northwestern did a, a pretty good job against them, but Taylor still went for over a hundred yards. Um, it yeah. was just Jack Cohn struggled throwing the ball this past weekend, but they're going to be a challenge and they have a great defense. I think they might be the best defense in America, yeah. to be honest. I, I was just going to say, I think I was going to just throw that out. I think I might put them up there as the top. Yeah. I mean, and I think like statistically in scoring defense, they might actually be the number one and, and they, they've looked the part. If you've watched Wisconsin play this year, it doesn't matter who their competition is. They've looked really good. And then the other game that you circle is Penn State. And you could point yeah. to the competition they've played this year and saying that, you know, they haven't played great teams, but they've got a couple of shutouts on the season. And it's really hard yeah. to do that in college football. They've scored a ton of points offensively, which is really hard to do in college football. Um, when you look at Wisconsin, they're number two 
in America in scoring defense. So that's a really big deal. And like I said, offensively, they're doing a great job. Let me see if I can pull up the offensive stats for them too. But uh, yeah, I mean, is when that you're, at Happy Valley this year? Um, it's a good question. I can't remember where they played the game because we all know what it's like to. Play no, they went. They went on the road last year. Um, oh, they did. State okay, so the road it, last year. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 I but like that. Penn State's number five in scoring offense. So there you go. When you yeah. get that matchup, if it were today, it would be Ohio State's number three in scoring offense. Penn State's number five in scoring offense. Ohio like State's it. number four in scoring defense. Penn State's number two in scoring defense. So you would get a top five matchup in yeah. the, the two most important statistical categories that game. That is good football right there. I, that's what I was gonna say. Listen to Joshua. He knows the matchups coming up that you need to watch. He, he, he does his homework, folks. Before we go, Joshua, I want to get to some good stuff from the gridiron. First of all, this was a sad sight to see because I'm an animal lover, but Bully the Bulldog got ran over in the Auburn-Mississippi State game. He left with an injury, but he did return, and he is okay. What in the world with these mascots being on the sideline? Get them off the sideline, people. What is going on? I agree with that, and um, it's a twofold issue. Like number one, it's it's an animal (laughs) safety issue. Seriously, and you know, it's it's not cute to watch an animal get hit like that. I mean, it's not cute to watch people get hit like that. Sometimes those are some big boys. But um, on the flip side of that, like you, you get into the player safety question because the sidelines yeah. are, you know this from being at games, those sidelines are crowded, yes. they're tight, there's a lot of credentialed people down there, sometimes there's just not a lot of space to begin with, and then you're putting a mascot up there, potentially there could be an issue there, players getting hurt, you know, mascot getting hurt, like you don't, you just don't want to see it. It's funny because when I was at, um, you know, I covered the SEC like for my first job, right? Yes. So when I was covering Alabama and Auburn, I would cover, Auburn was like kind of my main beat. And I was at the game and there was uh, Uga in the end zone. And so when one of the players, and I'm trying to look up his name because I can't remember it off the top of my head because I think it's happened a couple times, but Uga like bit him. Like as he ran in for the touchdown. Really? And yeah. And this is another one of those incidences that like you were saying, like pet safety, but at the same time, player safety, like he bit the player. So it just boggles my mind. And then remember when um, the, was it the, the Longhorns mascot who came out of the little pin that they had on the field? And like yes. almost got into it. Yes. Like, what is going on down here? Well, did you see the, I can't remember what game it was, but somebody who has a, uh, a bird mascot. The bird got loose during pregame. Oh, no way. Yeah. What? I, I feel like it's, I mean, my school's mascot is probably one of the dumbest mascots. <laughs> and I, I love Brutus. I love my hey, Buckeyes. Brutus, I, but right. you've got, you've got a nut with a body, like a nut with appendages. <laughs> that is just stupid. But when you boil it down, like Brutus has enough awareness to make sure he's not too yes. close to the field of play. If there's a play coming his way, he can get out the way. You know, like these, Absolutely. these animals are not meant to be in that type of environment. And then you're like, well, no. I wonder why that happened. Well, because animals, you know, sometimes they get a little bit spooked and then bad things can happen. Yes. But you know what? I think it's a South thing, Joshua, because look at the Pac-12. We ha- we're the cougars. Okay. That's the most, one of the most dominant like animals in the, in the world. We don't have a cougar mascot that's real. Okay. Maybe you we don't have one. like. I might pitch it as long as they, <laughs> as long as they can keep it off the field. But no, I really, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a South thing. Cause they have Mike the tiger and all, 
like these are like real mascots in the south but i just don't feel like they have those like other places that are actual real mascots yeah i you know it's 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 definitely an interesting. interesting thing it is. Um, real quickly, too, Jalen Hurts. I was so impressed with this. Speaking of Hurts, because we just talked about him a minute ago, he posted an Instagram uh, story like seriously an hour after the game. He was back in the weight room with a medicine ball, like doing like some drill with the medicine ball. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, this guy is back to work in, an hour after the game. Let me tell you what he's doing right there. Not, I've never met this kid before. <laughs> I've never met that young man, and I. It, but he's he's winning over a lot of fans. Yes. And he's building yes. himself a case for Heisman. He's building himself a case yes. for whatever award it is. He's building himself a case for NFL teams by posting that because it shows that he's dedicated. It shows that he's never satisfied. It shows that he's a grinder. And for me as a former player, like if that's my quarterback and I know that he's in there, it doesn't matter you know, if you think that he's just doing it for the grammar or whatever. The fact of the matter is he's in there after a game. Like, that's my quarterback. I got to go hard because he's going hard. And he's winning over Absolutely. a lot of people by doing that. I love it. And you know what? Right now, he's uh, one of my favorites to win the Heisman for sure. Oh, no doubt. Uh, okay, that, that is a wrap. Joshua Perry, that was fun. I just want to let you know, to find this podcast, if you have not subscribed, people, it's really easy to do. You just go to iTunes, you type in Press Pass, and you put the subscribe button on there. And you can also give us a rate and review. Because I know, like, it's not that hard to push the five stars, right? No, it's, I mean, it's not. It's pretty easy. Well, it's not that hard to press that subscribe either. Exactly. And you know what? We're going to be bringing you fun new stuff every week. Joshua, where can they go to follow you if they want to follow your work? You're really fun to follow on Twitter, too. I appreciate that. Uh, on You're Twitter welcome. and Instagram, at RIP underscore JEP. Go ahead and give a follow because you never know what you're going to find scrolling down my feed. No, and he will always engage in Twitter conversation. Some people don't do anything. They just ignore it. Oh, Joshua will engage with you. I will. I will. Absolutely. I love being a man of the people. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, let's, I mean, let's, let's have a vigorous conversation. <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Press Pass, a college football pod. We will see you back here, same place, same time next week. As for this weekend, good luck to all your teams.